Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lord Jesus, we honor you. We honor you. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Lord, you are so involved with us, God. You're so intimate with us, Father. Lord, we, we just worship you. We honor you, God. Lord, you, you said, Lord, you are our helper. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. You have something to say this morning, Father. We want to hear. We want to hear. We want to yield. And we want to do. God, we want to change, God. We want to change, Father. Thank you that you give us times like this, God, to, that you give us the fuel to change. You give us times like this when you, you draw us into your presence and you change us. Lord, we just worship you. Lord, we're not worried about anything else, God. We're worrying about being pleasing to you, and that's it, God. That's, we're worried about being pleasing to you. And that's it. We're not worried about anything else. Lord. Father. Amen. We worship you, God. We worship you. Amen. 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 I'm very happy to be here with you guys. You guys, you got a, you got a good church. You got a great pastor. But you know you're 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 you've got a good pastor and some of you have caught his heart. Well no, I don't want to say some of you, most of you. And you walk in, there's such a sweet spirit, you know. Uh men who have who have followed their pastor in his example to love God. That's that's unusual. You, you know, women who are, who are, who are serving here and, and, and helping and praying and, and, and being filled with the Spirit of God. You guys are blessed. It's a good church. Good place. Uh, the presence of God was certainly flowing this morning without much hindrance, huh? That's, that's, that was, uh, that's awesome. Amen. Well, I've got a word from God. Uh, you know, my wife and I, my wife's not here with me right now. She went out ahead of me to Kansas City. We're flying back to India on July the 28th. She went out ahead of me to spend a little bit of extra time with my daughter. So she left last Tuesday and I leave this coming Monday. Um, and, you know, the things in India are really, they're, they're going great. You know, we got on God's wave. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, he's, uh, we're just flowing along with him and he is, uh, he's going to change that nation. He's going to use that nation to, uh, I just keep, kept hearing breath. Uh, he's going to use that nation to reach that whole area. One of the most unreached areas of the world. He's mobilizing his church in India to reach the, one, of the, the, one of the last unreached areas of the world. Amen. And we're a part of it. It's really fun. I love it. I, I love being there. I love, I love what I'm doing. I love, I, I appreciate that God gave us this opportunity and led us into this. And I, I'll share more about that later, but I really, I have a word from God for you. And I really don't want you to take it lightly. 
Because it really is a word from God. And anyone who preaches a little bit knows that sometimes you get a word, you, you've prayed and you, you're, you want to feed the people of God the best you can. Uh, but you don't really, or you're not certain that it's a word from God. Well, let me tell you this morning, I'm certain I have a word from God for you. So, you know, you, you might want to get out a piece of paper. You might want to write this down. You might want to think about getting a CD. Uh, God wants to speak to you this morning. And it's important that you take this word and you hear it, but that you go on and, and do it. It's a word to every single person. God's not leaving anyone out this morning. God has a, has a desire for his church in this moment. His church in the United States. This was a word for the church in the United States. It's time to... to evangelize once again it's you know that what what was jesus's life all about it was about he came to seek and to save that which was lost and you know we when we start out in our christian life a lot of times we have a lot of zeal but little by little you know we we stop telling people about jesus it's time for the church to start talking to people about jesus about their salvation You know, you have the blessing of being restored back to God. You have the blessing that when you have an issue, when you have a need, when you have a problem, God is there with you. You're able to pour your heart out out to Him. He will help you. Just like the Scripture said, the Lord, I can boldly say the Lord is my helper. The Lord is your helper. But what about your neighbor? You know, your neighbor may be going through some really hard times, too. Your neighbor may have kids who are just causing them uh, all kind of heartache. You know, they may have a terminal sickness. They may have lost their business and they have nobody to call out to. And that's not the will of God. God wants to be there with your neighbor. He wants to help them, just like he is with you to comfort you and and help you. He wants to be with your neighbor. Now, the title of this message originally was uh, filled to be witnesses. You know, God says in in the first part of Acts, he says, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. You know, this I'm talking about this morning, I'm talking about a second experience with the Holy Spirit. There were two experiences, definite. No one can deny there were two experiences for the disciples with the Holy Spirit. Jesus appeared to them, and their number one need was to be born again. John chapter 20, he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit. They were born again. Praise God. But he told them, I have a second experience with the Holy Spirit that I want you to have. Now, I want to, I'm going to preach this just maybe a little bit different this morning because I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about being filled with the Spirit, a second experience, an ongoing experience, a continual experience of seeking and asking and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when I want to understand about God, 
You know, I meditate on the Trinity. God revealed himself in the Trinity. He gave a full explanation of himself in the Trinity. And, you know, I want you to be filled with the fullness of God. I want, you know, why is because I want you to be a witness. And to be a witness, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Today. I'm not talking about 20 years ago when you someone laid hands on you and you spoke in tongues. I'm not talking about that. Because I see people speaking in tongues that are not carrying the image of God. They're not filled with the Spirit. They forgot that it was a continual experience, a continual pursuit. It is. You need it today. And it's very clear in the book of Acts. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2. But they needed to be refilled, Acts chapter 4. Same exact disciples. The place where they were at was shaken. They, you know, and it says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were at was shaken and they were all filled. I'm talking about asking God, seeking, pursuing, hungering after being filled, carrying the whole image of God. So you can be a witness. Amen. Because let me tell you, if you speak in tongues, but you have no fruit of the spirit. And you don't have the life of God. You are not a witness. You're not a positive witness, at least. You can be a negative witness. And, and you know, I speak in tongues a lot. And it is, it's like plugging me into a battery charger. I, I, I need it. I love it. It, it's, it helps me. You need to do that. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about a reality. Be filled with the Spirit. As I said, when I want to understand the fullness of God, I meditate on the Trinity. You know, he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What, what's the Holy Spirit like? I think his best description uh, is in the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want you to pray for these specific things in your life. I want you to spend some time. God, fill me with your love. God, fill me with your joy. God, fill me with your peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, kindness. And God, fill me with your self-control. You know, we're not self-controlled a lot of times. It, it, it causes us to be less fruitful, less useful, because we're not self-controlled. We think we can drink anything we want. We think we can eat anything we want, anytime we want, as much as we want. How about a little self-control? You know, I love the holiness of Jesus. You know, God, God mentions in the book of Acts the spirit of Jesus. And this is the biggest challenge. He came to be an example for us. We're, we should pray, God, fill me with the spirit of Jesus. I want to look like Jesus. I want to be filled. I want to think like he, he does. When people see me, I want them to see Jesus. I want read through the Gospels. See what Jesus was like. You know, he was the ultimate in, in having a servant's heart. You know, he didn't come to be served. But he came to serve and to give his life. 
And he, he's our example. We need to be filled with the spirit of Jesus. You know, he was full of the zeal of God. He was full of focus. You know, he, he lived his whole life. He died naked with nothing except a life that had changed the world forever. He had focus. Lord, fill me with the focus of Jesus. Fill me with the zeal for like Jesus. Lord, fill me with a servant's heart like Jesus. Lord, fill me with faithfulness like Jesus. Jesus was faithful to God. He was faithful to God all the time. He was faithful. And you can be too. You just need to ask, God, fill me with the spirit of Jesus. Fill me with his spirit of faithfulness. I want to be faithful. John chapter, uh, not John, but the, uh, the Revelation chapter 1. John wrote it. He describes Jesus. The very first thing he says about Jesus is that Jesus was the faithful witness. The faithful witness. I want to be a faithful witness. I don't want to cower down. I don't want to walk in the fear of man. I I want to be a faithful witness like Jesus. I want to be filled with the spirit of Jesus. And you can be. See, this is the thing. It's not out of anyone's reach. Ask. Ask. And he will fill you with the spirit of Jesus. God will do it. It's this is, you know, you. He's the vine. You're only the branch. But that branch has everything that you need. But you have to go stay connected. You have to spend time and draw up like like a branch draws from a vine. You've got to draw up from him what you need. He has it all. He has everything. There's nothing you need that he doesn't have. But you've got to go and you've got to spend time. You've got to draw it from him. And if you do, you'll be filled with him. And you'll look like him. And, and see, this was, think about Genesis. Man made in the image of God, God's intention. See, you're still supposed to be carrying the image of God. You know, and if you're filled with his spirit, you will be. And if you're filled with your spirit, how many of you think you're going to be a witness? It's going to, I'm not talking about passing out tracts. I'm not against it. I'm talking about being filled and shining and being ready for every situation. So that, you know, you're filled and you're ready and you're going to be a witness. And you know what? You're filled with this love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. People will be drawn to you. People were drawn to Jesus. The only ones that didn't like Jesus were the religious crowd. And, you know, the only one that he was hard on was the religious crowd. You know, he had grace for everybody else. He had grace for them, too. He just spoke Harshly, because he was he loved them and he was trying to shake them out of their religiosity and get them to where they'd really have a heart for God. You know, I want to be filled with the spirit of the father. You know, a father What's a father. What is a What is a good father like? You know, a good father develops people. He develops us, doesn't he? God takes us. And he develops us. He's already given us gifts, just like your five-year-old has gifts and talents, but you've got to develop them. You know, carry that spirit of the Father that you care enough to develop people. Amen. Maybe, you know, you see a a young person, a lot of times uh, they don't know what they are supposed to do. You know, pray with them. 
help them to, to understand their gifts, their callings, and then maybe pay for their first semester in Bible college. But, you know, develop them. Have a heart like the Father. Have a heart like the Father to develop people. The Father protects. Man, I, I, I just absolutely was blown away this morning when people came up for prayer and a whole crowd gathered around them. You know, they, they gathered around to, to pray and to, and, to, and to, you know, give their heart and their help and their compassion into that situation, their prayers. But let me just say, you know, you aren't standing here physically now, but continue to stand around those needs spiritually. Now, now see, I, I've been talking about being filled with love, joy, peace, long-suffering of the Holy Spirit. And I've been talking about being filled with zeal and focus and faithfulness like Jesus. I haven't said anything about the dunamis of God. You know, if you have the Father's heart for people, He will give you the authority to help them in situations. Good example. We went down to Bolivia. We were working in the middle of nowhere. I, it, you know, this, it was very tough situations. Just let me put it that way. You know, 14, 15,000 feet above sea level, hiking over mountains, going to villages where no one had ever gone before because nobody else was willing to walk that way before. And we would go through and we would pray for the sick. And, you know, we'd have a service, we'd pray for the sick, we'd preach, we'd show films or whatever, and then we'd go on to the next village and we'd, and we, you know, we'd make a big circuit. It took me about two weeks to get back to the same village again. I noticed something one time. There was a, about a three-month period. God was healing every person that I was praying for. He was answering every prayer that I was praying. You know, and, and, and in the beginning, the first village, you know, you're kind of blessed. And, and you know, and, and it's happened. Man, it's happened. Uh, you go back, you know, after this, you tell your wife, man, God did all this. But you go back out again, and it happens again. You go back out again, and it happens again. And, and I asked God, I said, God, I, you know, this never happened for me in the States. What, what's the deal? I'm not praying any different. I'm not, I'm not a different person. He told me, he said, Tim, he said, you love them. You're caring for them. You're carrying my heart. And I'm giving you my authority to help them. And see, that authority is demonstrated sometimes in dunamis, in dynamite, miraculous power. But, but, you know, it's given to you because you're carrying the Father's heart. The, the Father is the source of all authority. Jesus said that he had received all authority, but who did he get it from? The Father has all authority. And you will share in his authority and his power if you share in his heart. And you will be able to help people here. You lay hands on the sick here. And when you have the Father's heart, He will reward you and answer your prayers. If you carry His heart, you'll carry His authority. Amen. Woo! Lordy. So how do you receive the fullness of the Spirit? First thing, you just ask. You just ask. And, and Luke says it very clearly, Luke chapter 11. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father 
Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him. And it's that same thing. You ask. Uh, Zechariah chapter 10. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. This is the time of the latter rain. I don't care what's going on politically. This is the time of the latter rain. This is the time of God's harvest. It doesn't matter. This is the time of his power. He has not moved. He's just trying to... I believe one thing that he's doing in this time is refocusing the church on preaching the gospel and seeing people be born again and restored to him. I think we drifted a little bit from that. We have to remember that is the number one thing that he came to the earth to do, and that's the number one thing that we are about. How do you receive the fullness of the Spirit? 1 Corinthians 15.45 The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving Spirit. Jesus is a life-giving Spirit. And see, that's what you need. You need His life. That's what... That's what happened when you were born again. You were dead. And he gave you his life. Well, he still is giving life. And you still need more life. And if you ask him, he's a life-giving spirit. If you ask him, he'll give it to you. You repent. You repent. Repentance is not a bad word when someone has a passion for God. When someone hunger and, and wants to be filled with the Spirit of God, they're willing to do whatever they have to do to adjust their attitudes, to adjust their appetites, to adjust their life. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my Spirit upon you. How many of you ever experienced that before? That, that maybe you were in a time of temptation or something, uh, or, or God was correcting you on, in some area, and you and you turned at His rebuke, and you and you did what He asked you to do, and all of a sudden it's like there's new this new flooding of life, and 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 joy and and confidence. Turn at His rebuke; He'll He'll pour His Spirit out on you. Hosea chapter ten verse twelve: Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up the foul ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. First uh, Kings chapter 3. The uh, king of Israel, the king of Judah, went out uh, to, to fight. They were, they, there were three kings. They were together. And they, they went out and they had no water. They called the prophet Elisha. The Spirit of God came on Elisha. He said, he said, dig for yourselves ditches in this valley. You know, dig for yourself ditches. Are you dry? Dig for yourself ditches. Start to do some things different in your life. Some things that you know don't please God. Do, do things different. Dig for yourself some ditches. Maybe do some things that you used to do. Dig for yourself ditches, and in the morning, you'll wake up, and there'll be water in the ditches. Amen. This last one, how do you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit? This is probably the most important one. You depend on the blood. You depend on 
the blood of Jesus. Because you're never going to be perfect. You're never, you know, if you really have a heart for God, you're always going to see those areas that you're weak and that you're not attaining to all that that God would have for you to attain to. But you depend on the blood. It was given for you. It was given to to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just forgive your sins to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I want you to think about something. When in the Old Testament, when a sinner brought the lamb, brought the sin sacrifice to the priest. The priest examined the sacrifice. He did not examine the sinner. If the sacrifice was perfect, the sinner was accepted and forgiven. He examined the sacrifice. He didn't examine the sinner. That You know, that is so important. That is so important because if you don't, Realize that you only receive these things through the blood. You'll either become condemned or you'll become hypocritical. You have to, have to, have to depend on the blood. It's only by the blood. It's only by the blood. I got a good, awesome scripture for you. I just ran across it in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. I don't know, is it possible to shoot it up there? You don't have to, that's fine. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. He says, as for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Have you felt a little bit waterless lately? Like you're, you're dry, you're in a waterless pit? Because of the blood of the covenant... God will set you free from the waterless pit. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You never have to stay down. You can always get back up and press on again. Verse 12, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. That's all we are. We're prisoners of hope, hoping in the mercy of God. You know, the fact is that we are empty vessels and we we will be filled with some type of spirit. And you see it. Go out in the world. Walk around. Go to a mall. Walk around. You're going to see all kinds of spirits. You're going to see a cool spirit. You know, you're going to see a, a Hollywood fashion spirit. There's all kind of spirits that people are carrying. You're going to see the ghetto spirit. You're going to see the cowboy spirit. You're going to see the hunter-fisherman spirit. You know, that's not the spirit that we're to carry. There's nothing wrong with being a hunter or a fisher. I hunt and fish as much as I can. There's nothing wrong with sports. I, I like sports. But I don't, that's not my spirit. I don't carry that spirit. I don't seek to be filled with that spirit. When people look at me, that's not what I want them to see. Hey, I even have a pair of cowboy boots. But that's not the spirit that I carry. My wife is beautiful, but she doesn't carry, she doesn't seek to be filled with the Hollywood fashion spirit. 
Praise the Lord. Depend on the blood. Carry the right spirit. Now, once you are filled with the spirit, because you're going to be, you will be. If you ask, if you seek, if you repent, if you depend on the blood and, and ask God, he, you, it is so, just test God and see. If you ask him with a sincere heart, you're going to start seeing something new in your, in your heart. You're going to start, man, you know, I've got a little bit more life of God in me. I'm feeling a little bit more excited about sharing my testimony or uh, ask and see. He will fill you if you ask sincerely every day. Amen. Every day. So once you're filled, how do you become a witness? First of all, share what you know. Share what you know with people. What do you know about God? What, what have you experienced about God? What, what is the particular way? What, in what way has he really revealed himself to you? Had, were you a broken alcoholic and he revealed himself as a deliverer? And you know God is a deliverer. Or, or, you know, did, did you uh, go through a really hard financial situation and, and God gave you wisdom and little by little he, 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 you know, this business didn't work out, but this new one is working out and little by little he's helped you. And no matter how the businesses were going, you're, you're, you had the finances that you needed. How God does it, I never know. But do you know him as a provider, as faithful, no matter what the checkbook looks like? Share what you know. Have you ever heard someone speaking on faith that had no faith? Giving a, you know, a faith sermon or whatever, talking about faith, but they had no faith. See, you, people can tell if you know what you're talking about. So share what you know. What, you've, what, what God has been to you. Are you a, a single mom and he's been there with you, helping you raise your children, helping you... Uh, being present in your home so you're not lonely. What, what, what is, how has God revealed himself to you? What's been in your experience? Share, share what you know. Everybody should know something. Share what they need to know. Now, you know, there are certain things they need to know if they're going to be born again. They have to know certain things if they're going to be born again. And what, how... How did you get born again? What did somebody tell you? You know, and, and maybe go back, you know, read a few tracks. A lot of times gospel tracks will tell you what people need to know to be born again. It's not complicated. Share what they need to know. You know, wait for the right time. Share the right word with the right person at the right time. You know, that... I don't have a problem with saying that because Jesus didn't pray for everyone to be healed. Matter of fact, the, the, the beggar at the, at the beautiful gate that Peter and John healed, that was a pretty big gate in the temple. Jesus had walked past that guy. That guy was always there. Scripture says he was always there. Jesus walked past him. He didn't heal him. Be led. Jesus was led by the Spirit. The Apostle Paul was led by the Spirit. 
Proverbs 25:11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Speak the right word to the right person at the right time. You know, I, I uh, when I first got born again, you know, my my mentor for teaching me how to do evangelism. I am totally serious about this. He would go to people's door. We went door to door and he would strike a match. When they came to the door, he'd strike a match. He'd say, you see this match? Hell's hot. But this uh, this match is hot, but hell's a lot hotter. Now, I witnessed to my brother. My brother was unsaved also. And when I got born again, I witnessed to him. And boy, I struck the match. <laughs> you know, I gave him hellfire and damnation. And, you know, you, you know, you need to repent and. You know that he wouldn't hardly speak to me for several years. It took me about six years to restore our relationship. Uh, I, uh, like many of you, I'm sure, I have a niece. She was having all kind of babies living with this guy. Three babies. And, you know, I had just, I was ready to like the match, you know. <laughs> I had just had enough. I was, gonna, I was going back to Georgia. I was going to see her at Christmas gathering. And I was going to... I was going to lay it down for her. And I get there, and I do like to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very strongly. He said, I don't want you to say a word. I want you to pick up her babies. I want you to kiss them and hold them and carry them around. I want you to put your arm around her, tell her that you love her. And four months later, that's exactly what I did. Four months later, she, re- she recommitted her life to the Lord. You know, you want to speak the right word to the right person at the right time. God, he he wants you to be led by the spirit. You want to treat others as you want to be treated. Think about again before you are a Christian. What kind of person would you have received from? How would someone have had to approach you for you to be open to what they were saying? You know, most people are brought to church by a friend. Most people are led to the Lord as a result of a relationship, a friendship. This last one, I think, is the most important. You you need to pray in the mornings. You need to ask God in the mornings. You know, God, I'm going to school today. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be there among all these unsaved kids. Then right after school, you know, I'm going to go over and I'm going to be at wherever. You know, I'm going to be at this hang out over here, a hot dog stand or whatever. You know, God, I, I'm going to be in these places today. Is there somebody you want me to speak to? God, give me a word. I remember one time uh, I was working at J.C. Penney's in th- this regional catalog warehouse up there. And uh, God gave me a word for a young girl that was uh, worked in a, a different area. She was she was in a gun cage, what they call the gun cage. And I and I. I uh, had, I worked in shipping, so I had to go over and get guns and stuff. Got over there, and God gave me a word for her. And I gave her that word. And she stood there, and she looked at me like a cow at a new gate. You know? She just looked at me. And didn't say a word. So I said, well, have a good day, you know? And I took the guns back over and put them on the, the, the truck and shipped them out. And uh, two years later, I'm already a missionary in Bolivia. I I come back and I'm speaking at her brother's church. Her brother was a pastor. She was there. 
she came up to me and she said, do you remember when you came over that day and, and, and gave me that word from the Lord? I said, yeah. She said, I was so convicted. I, I, you know, it, it just penetrated her heart. But a right word at the right time to the right person. Be prepared. God will give you prophetic words. Now, you don't have to go up to someone and say, thus says the Lord. You can just speak what God is wanting. You know, I really feel like, or, or you don't even have to say that. You just tell them. But be, be ready. Be filled. Be led. Be loving. Be ready. Amen. That's the word. Amen. Take it. I, I, I'm, you know, individually, I'm not pushing anybody to go out and pass out tracts. I'm not pushing anybody to get a megaphone and preach in your apartments. I'm not pushing anyone to go door to door. I'm just saying every one of you knows something about God. And every one of you, there are individual people that will listen to you, that you're in contact, that are in your sphere. They'll listen to you. They won't listen to anybody else. Nobody else is in contact with them, but they'll listen to you. And you need to say something at the right time, the right word. But God wants to use every single person. This is what the Lord gave me this morning as I was driving down. There are people that are not in this church today. That maybe are no longer walking with God today. But they used to be here. Or maybe they maybe it wasn't here. Maybe it was in a different church. But there are friends of yours that used to walk with God. Go after them. I don't care if this guy committed adultery on his wife and, and is just... Uh, he used to walk with God, but now he's drinking with the boys. Go after him. You know, what does that mean? God can't restore people? God can't forgive? There, you know, he can forgive anything. We're not going to put people in... Positions of leadership sometime. But he'll forgive anything. Go after those people that you know that used to walk with God, that are no longer walking with God. Give them a call. Go over to see them. Uh, you know, one of uh, Ezekiel chapter 34, one of the jobs of the shepherd, you know, he went to seek that which was lost. Amen. Well, I want to give you a real quick update. Uh, it's 11.31. I want to give you a real quick update on India because I want you to know how great things are going. Um, trying to figure out the best way to do it. You know, we have... Let me, let me just show you a six-minute video, if I could. Do you guys cause it to roll? Amen. I think I've mentioned to you before that the uh, this is one of the neediest areas, the most number one country for unevangelized people. That means nobody taking the gospel to them. One state has 45,000 villages. Only 2,000 villages have been reached with the gospel. So how are we going to, you know, we've 
how are we going to reach them? We have to train more leaders. And that's what we're about. We're producing. We have a video curriculum called the International School of Ministry. Uh, Reinhard Bunker is one of our instructors. Uh, Theo Osborne is one of our instructors. Uh, Joyce Myers is one of our instructors. John Bevere is one of our instructors. Jack Hayford is one of our instructors. So we have some of the best in the world that, that have given their time uh, and produced topical teachings that we're taking into the villages in India. Uh, we're doing it by DVD so we can do thousands. You know, we've not really, I, I said we were just getting started. We really are, but we've already started 46 schools. We have about 3,200 students already. Uh, I think in three different states. So it's getting done, but it's only getting started. So just keep us in your prayers. We are doing the best we can. We go back July 28th, as I said, and, and I know that God is, is just going to continue to be with us. Next time it's going to be a better report than this time. Pastor Joe.